But let me try and get through to you, Mooney. There are those of us who can say the N-word. And there are those of us who cannot. <laughs> now, I can say the N-word. Nigger, 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 nigger. See, I can say the damn word all I want. But you can't. In fact, Moody, if I catch your little perverse, bigoted, bullshit mouth saying it again, I'm going to personally tell you how to do asshole. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to Real Ripe and Real Rotten. This is a podcast where we're taking a look at the highs and lows of your favorite Hollywood artists. Each month we're going to be using Rotten Tomatoes to determine the best and worst film in one individual filmography. You can listen along as we try to figure out what went right and what went wrong. My name is Wes Teasdale. I'm joined by Clay McCormick. Clay, how are you? It's been a long time. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a while. You know, I, 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 this movie we're talking about today, I'd like to give Hollywood credit for jumping on the Papa John's guy story so quickly. Yes, very uh, prescient. I think would be the expression. Yeah. Have, right? you, have you heard about that thing? Because it's, He's, it's it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I don't because I, the, I only know the details of the um. What is it? Yeah, yeah you can explain it. I just I just like the the boiled down aspect that the the guy from Papa John's resigned because he used the N word on a conference call. Right. Oh yes, right. <laughs> but that's not the best part. The best part is that he tried to cover it not to cover it up but he tried to rationalize it by saying he was quoting colonel sanders (laughs) (laughs) which is the funniest shit i've ever heard well that's it's the most believable um fictional character to be bigoted i suppose if he had said like uh uh wallace from mcdonald's or something or grimace i think well i mean everybody knows ronald mcdonald's stance on the holocaust right yeah Ronald McDonald is a founding member of the alt-right, I think. So Mm, (laughs) we're going to be talking about uh, heart condition because we're talking about Denzel Washington's. We did the best, uh, which was Fences, and now we're covering his worst one, which is heart condition. It's been about three months, so I I feel like I'm forgetting. Which, not to lay my hand out too much, if this is his worst movie, he's doing okay. Yes. Like, this this isn't the worst movie I've ever watched. It's, it's, It's extremely watchable. I don't think it's good, but it's like I've seen Denzel Washington movies that are way more boring than this. Okay. Okay. So, see, I think this is I think this is the most ridiculous of the movies that we've seen so far. Oh, 100%. 100%. That does not mean that it's not interesting to watch. Though. No, it doesn't. It's so the the plot synopsis if you have enough familiars, but Bob Hoskins plays a police sergeant named Jack Mooney who's a bigoted cop. Denzel Washington plays Napoleon Stone, who's an adorable but sleazy ambulance-chasing lawyer who Mooney hates. Mooney's years of bad habits, such as overeating, smoking, and drinking, finally catch up with him. And after suffering a heart attack, Mooney wakes up to find that his new heart was once Stone's, who's also died, and the dead lawyer's ghosts have come to become his constant companion. And now Mooney will have to solve Stone's murder. Um, weird technical question first. Was the audio weird for this movie for you? Uh, I didn't notice. You didn't notice? Okay. I no. thought that I, a combination of, I think the actress, the Chloe Webb, I could not mm-hmm. understand a single line she was saying. And I feel like it was overdubbed badly in certain parts. Yeah. Um, she was definitely mumbly. Fun fact. I was trying out the whole movie. I was trying to figure out what I knew her from because she looked extremely familiar and her acting style was extremely familiar. Uh, then it, it dawned on me. She's the woman in Ghostbusters 2 who's on Peter Venkman's talk show talking about um, 
uh, meeting an alien at the uh, Holiday Inn in Paramus, New Jersey. Okay. So that, that was a very big, big event for you, obviously, just recognizing this. Well, it was, because, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's, and it, it, I've have such vivid memories of yeah. that actress in that part, and I've not seen her in anything else. Gotcha. So yeah. when, to, when she popped up in that, I was, I was very surprised. Yeah, she hasn't been in much. She's been on Shameless, I guess, recently. A lot of years she of She also played uh, Nancy in the Sid and Nancy movie with Gary Oldman. Oh, okay. There you go. So she's had a career. This is... Kind of the surprising part about this is the um the the thing about the bad movies that we've been watching is that they are it's more surprising to me that bad movies are made than great movies on some level like mm. with the amount of talent that's in this movie and it was directed and written by this guy named James D. Perriott, who is not a this is his only feature his first feature maybe he had three or something but um. He is a veteran of TV writing. He's written for a lot of shows that you would recognize all the way from like the 70s to the 80s to the 90s to current day. I think he writes on some series. Um, oh, wow. He is not a. Well, I don't know any scripts offhand, but he's not a sort of one shot person that you never heard of before. He works in the industry. And this is two stars, Bob Hoskins and Denzel Washington, who are good actors. Their acting mm-hmm. is probably the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and They're coming off. I didn't check where this falls in their, in their filmographies, but I feel like Bob Hoskins is at least coming off of Roger Rabbit at this point, right? That's the movie that came before this for him. Yeah. Yep. And Denzel Washington is, this is probably pretty early for him, but still, I mean. He's off of Glory. Okay, yeah. So he's those are two big movies. So <laughs> this is what Glory, they followed it up with. <laughs> Glory, the timing of it is Glory was filmed but not released when this one was shooting. Oh, so he okay. was not he he hadn't gotten his Academy Award nomination yet. So he was kind gotcha. of an unknown when they booked not unknown, but he wasn't Denzel when they booked him. Um they filmed this. So it's funny how that stuff shakes out. There's a big rumor that uh, apparently the reason Denzel never did a comedy for like the next 30 years was because of this movie. He fired his <laughs> he fired his agent after the movie. That was the rumor. Apparently, the agent said that that's not true. That's not the reason. I don't know if that's saving face, but um, this is a 1990 American fantasy comedy film. And Clay, I just wanted to talk about what you thought some of the funniest moments of this movie were. Did you? Would you? <laughs> which of these moments do you think is the funniest moment? Um, do you think when it is Denzel Washington, uh, after being called a racist slur, gets kicked in his giant black penis? <laughs> I say that without um, stereotyping because Denzel actually takes time in the script to explain to the audience that he does have a giant black penis, uh, which mm-hmm. is a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Did you did you think the funniest moment was? When his mother, uh, after Denzel has died, Denzel's mother is the only thing she can talk about is how much ass he was getting in his bedroom. I actually did think that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> or did you think it was the ending where uh, a one-armed Bob Hoskins is murdering people with a shotgun, walking past the dead bodies of overdosed hookers? <laughs> after after his what his hooker girlfriend has been forcibly injected with heroin. Yep. <laughs> Carrying carrying his uh, Denzel's black child, who mm. the, uh, Bob Hoskins keeps screaming, pick up the baby, pick up the baby, as they're getting out of there. How do you want to talk about uh, heart condition? Um, <clears throat> that's a very good question. Uh, is this the only movie we're going to watch, do you think, that features someone coming to from surgery 
with a gigantic black dildo <laughs> tucked between their legs. Because <laughs> my money's on no. But probably not. It's probably t- yeah. uh, shot more tastefully, I would think, by someone else. But for a a movie that's apparently allegedly about being confronting racism, uh, mm-hmm. I was reading online that some some in some magazine or something it did the uh, most racist movies in American history, and this came in at number twenty one. Actually, I I don't know if that's entirely fair. Um. I feel like the problem is they set up the racist stuff specifically to to talk negatively about it, but then they just kind of forget about it. Yeah. Um like it's pretty it's pretty on the surface up through when <clears throat> uh after he gets the heart transplant. I mean like the sequence the sequence from where from when he wakes up from the heart transplant through when he goes back to work through to when Denzel shows up for the first time as a ghost might be one of the more racist things I've seen in a movie, but I don't, but it's not, it's not like, I don't find it to be, um, uh, racist for the, for the point of being racist, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. It's like they're, they're definitely setting up Bob Hoskins as a shitty racist guy. And that police station, everybody is making jokes about, you know, his, his, you know, black heart for lack of a better term. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so that's just like the culture of ribbing people there. I mean, you know, the white cops are doing it, the black cops are doing it. Everybody's giving a hard time about it. And I don't find that to be, uh, unbelievable. No, I, I feel, feel like I feel, probably pretty I feel accurate. the cops are giving Hoskins a hard time because they know he's a racist, right? That's, yes. that's kind yeah. of the joke is that they're like, right. Oh, yeah. look, look what you got. You're just desserts. Yeah. And so, and then once Denzel shows up, they kind of don't really touch on it that much. There's the point. There's a part later on where they, where you know, they get into an argument. And he wants to call him the N word again. Um, <laughs> and then there's the other scene where he goes to the uh, rap, the makeshift rap club inside of a bowling alley. Yes, which my is favorite probably scene. borderline. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. You know, obviously, I'm not the person to <clears throat> make this kind of distinction. But I didn't think that, at least intentionally it was outwardly racist. I think it was trying to do something that it didn't succeed in. Uh, But I don't know if I would call it a racist movie. Don't eat that. Clogs the arteries. It makes your breath stink. Yes, you ass. Trust me. Hallelujah. I wasn't even gonna say anything. I tried to give you a chance to get into the groove. And, and, and as bad as those camels are, I was more than willing to let a few of those go by. But when you start shoving this, this, this dog meat into your face, I'm sorry. I just have to step in. I have to do something. Now put it down. Put it down. Put it down. Mooney. Put it down. Put it down. No, I don't think it's, it's not intentionally racist. And I think that's an, it's an important distinction. I think it's a, it's, Maybe just date. I mean, the movie's unbelievably dated by this point. Oh, uh, yes. To the point much. where the, the reason the bad guy gets uh, taken out at the end is because his gigantic cell phone, which is tied to his belt, goes off. Yes. <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> and I guess the which, 
many people don't realize that's why they started cellular technology after that is because they didn't want that to happen. The, I mean, the, 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 it doesn't say much about the movie, but the only th- the only trait that the bad guy in the movie has is that he seems to like talking on the phone. That's like his, that's his oh, sort of character. That beat. whole, like, I think the biggest problem with this movie is there's zero plot to it. Like there's, I don't know what, I couldn't even figure out, like they, they set up the whole thing as like this weird scandal where uh, um, Hoskins's ex-girlfriend, who's a hooker, ends up taking ends up taking pictures of a like congressman or senator yep. as he dies from a, a crack overdose, <laughs> and then somehow those pictures existing are damaging to her pimp. Yes. So she. So he has Denzel Washington killed. I have no idea why anything that happens in this movie happens. I'm looking at the- and then and then after that, like I I couldn't figure out what the hell he was he was after. Denzel, like, you're talking no, about? Y- no, no. Uh, I mean, Denzel's obviously trying to figure out who killed him, but like the guy with the phone. Oh right. I couldn't figure out what his like negative motivations were here, like because it's I don't I don't I didn't understand how any of that stuff connected to to make a negative situation for him. No, it's one of those movies, I was watching it thinking, I'm missing what's going on. Um, yeah, me too. And when, I, when I'm looking, now I'm just going to say that I'm not missing anything. It's really not clear what's going on. And it's, it's sort of, the entire movie fits into your racist point, which is that they just kind of bring stuff up <laughs> at a point to continue the plot moving forward. And it doesn't really yeah. tie into anything. Like, whenever Hoskins gets... Hoskins is not racist in any way, except for when him and Denzel need to have a fight, he resorts to racist slurs. Like, that's the extent of his... It doesn't really color or change anything. He sort of hangs out with Denzel and doesn't really care all that much, but when they get angry, he becomes a racist for some reason. And then at the end of the movie, I mean, he's not really fundamentally changed by anything that has happened. No. No, he's not. It's not like he's less racist now that he's adopted a black baby i guess so i i left this out of the uh the summary at the start the wikipedia says this and i don't believe it's true the plot synopsis on wikipedia says at the same time stone is gunned down in a drive-by shooting he was not shot was he i don't think so i thought he says in the movie he was run off the road by somebody yeah that's i'm pretty sure that's what happened because that's why that that kind of confused me too because i was because when it said that he died in a car crash and then he's like i gotta figure out who murdered me i was like wait what and that, um, so yeah, I mean, if he's, I think he was, it was just a car accident and like being run off the road. Like you said, I don't think he was gunned down or anything. No, because before the operation, the two surgeons are talking to each other and they're just like, oh, a lawyer, car accident yeah, lawyer. Yeah, in a really, in a really nice bit of uh, post-production, we have to tie this together overdubbing. Right. Where it's just two people who you don't see being like, who is this? The other lead of the movie? Yeah, well, right. we should make sure to mention that he's also the black guy from the beginning and that Bob Costens hates black guys. Also, his heart's in perfect condition. And a total match for Bob Hoskins, who happens to need a heart and is also here. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. I think that, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a, I mean, to talk, I don't, I don't really know where I would want to start about it. I think that it's a, the movie's really, really super scattershot. It wants to yeah. be a whole bunch of different things and it doesn't really work on any kind of level. It reminds me of the, uh, the Star Trek Destiny episode, which we just watched. It never really focuses on what it wants to be. Like, it's a, it's an incredibly dark comedy, if you want to call it that. It's not even really a comedy. It just it kind of has jokes every once in a while. Right. And, you know, it's the 
if you're in for it for the um sort of like cops and robbers angle i don't think you really care about the ghost aspect the fantasy ghost aspect and if you want the lighthearted ghost aspect the crime doesn't make any sense because it's way too serious for that kind of material and just the fact that um just how often hoskins uses slurs in the movie is like weird compared to the you know the sort of ghost goofy aspect of it's got it's got a scene where bob hoskins is fighting with a ghost about a, a cheeseburger and then it pairs off with him murdering people with a shotgun later on. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's just so all over the place. Yeah, he got to use a lot of that um, great Robert, Roger Rabbit acting, though. Yes, uh, which I do. I do have to say, it, as ridiculous as this movie is, the fact that the two leads are Bob Hoskins and Denzel Washington is what makes the movie watchable. Like I, and they're a both scene trying. towards the beginning. Yeah, yeah, they are. There's a scene towards the beginning where Bob Hoskins is, it's just Bob Hoskins trying to feed his cat. And I would watch an entire movie of just that. <laughs> I love Bob Hoskins. I am so sad that he's not around anymore. Um, he has a very specific thing that he does and he's really fucking good at it. Um, and this, this movie was actually kind of like a bunch of Bob Hoskins movies smushed together. Like uh, there's a famous early movie of his called Mona Lisa which is about him falling in love with a prostitute. Uh, Roger Rabbit, obviously, with the um, um, uh, acting with a not-there sidekick. Um, not, maybe not so much The Long Good Friday, which if you want to see a Bob Hoskins movie, you should watch The Long Good Friday. That movie's awesome. Yep. Uh, but but they all feature the same grizzled uh, Bob Hoskins performance, which is, is very enjoyable to me. Yeah, uh, he's good. It's surprising to me. Both of them are really trying in this movie, and they're both pretty good. Hoskins is really, you could almost say he's acting too well for the material, I think. Like, he he could probably tone it down and not be as um, effective in his portrayal of, like, a broken man in some scenes. <laughs> like, I, I think it's just, because I, I think it's it's trying to be a comedy. It's just not funny enough. It's a, it's a comedy yeah. in the sense of, like, and I think we've, we talked about this when we did uh, the Ridley Scott at Goodyear. It's a comedy where the director is doing comedic beats that he knows work in other movies, but it doesn't work in this movie because he doesn't really understand what's funny about it. Right, Um, right. So it has, for instance, a chase scene early on where Hoskins is chasing Denzel and he just, you know, he smashes into a table where people are eating dinner and they all fall over and it's like, oh, that's supposed to be funny, but it doesn't, you know, it's not not built off anything. You know, it's funny we should talk about that. I, I just watched for the first time Captain Ron the other day uh surprisingly having never come across that and i feel like that also falls into this weird genre of movies where it's supposed to be funny but it's the humor is not like sourced from any smart or uh comedic authoritative place yeah it's just like what if we put in a wacky car chase and it'll be funny if it accident the car accidentally runs something over like that kind of that kind of stuff and it it's the same kind of genre as this falls into where it's like it's not a comedy it's got funny-ish things in it and like these big set pieces that are supposed to be exciting and funny but they're neither well it's the right like if you have a 
if you have the tone of this movie during the crime sequence, which is a fairly realistic thing, like the scene on the, I think that the best scene is maybe the scene on the beach where Hoskins confronts that woman. Um, yeah. It's shot really well. Like I, I love mm-hmm. the, the mobile camera and everything. I think that it's all done in one shot and it's very cool. It, it's a very realistic argument, but it's paired up with this comedic tone, which involves people kicking each other in the balls. Basically like yes. it's, you know, yeah. it's this unrealistic comedy. That kind of comedy would work in like a 40 year old virgin type tone of stuff, but it doesn't you work know, in a real movie like, th- like quote unquote real movie like this. I think this is a, this type of movie specifically this movie and not so much Captain Ron um, is a result of uh, Beverly Hills Cop in 48 Hours. Okay. Because both of those movies are very similar in that they are um, fairly serious crime movies, but also just have a lot of funny jokes in them and it has a star that's really, really good at comedy. Yeah. And And I think it's people trying to go for that specific uh, or at least this movie is trying to go for that pocket of um gritty crime but also funny except that instead of eddie murphy arguably the funniest person of the 1980s they've got bob hoskins and denzel washington who are <laughs> i'm sure they are very humorous people um not I would, exactly I would, I would, geniuses i would go against that i would say i i could see denzel washington not being particularly funny and that's it would true make, it would make i would sense believe to me. that I would believe that. Bob Hoskins, actually, I think he is pro- was probably a pretty funny guy. Yes. Like, yeah. the stuff, actually, the stuff that I actually did think was good was uh, um, that um, makeover sequence. I didn't <laughs> think the makeover sequence itself was anything special, except for the fact that I guess he went to a store that was inside a giant meat locker or something. I don't know where the fuck that store was. They, they also um, didn't show the amount of spray on hair that they put on Bob Hoskins yes. by the end of it, because his hair I thickens up to a helmet after a certain point. Yeah, I could not stop looking at the fake hairline they put on him once he got his hair redone. <laughs> Thankfully, he takes it off after a certain point. But uh, um, the scene where he's getting his nails done, yeah, and he's constantly moving his hand up and down because Denzel—he's trying to take his hand away, but Denzel's putting it back in. But yep. you don't see Denzel, but it's just Bob Hoskins. That yeah. was legitimately funny. <laughs> I thought that was good. I like—he's—he's like he's good at that. He's good at at at. at Bob Hoskins, I think, knows what he does, and he knows what plays against that type of character, so he can play it for, for laughs pretty effectively. Yeah, I, I think any of the invisible Denzel stuff, like when he's trying to get out of the hospital and he's slumped over Denzel, but it's just to everyone yeah. else, it looks like his arm is just kind of up in the air. And then, yeah. but then it ties it into the humor that doesn't work, where the, the doctor's like, "What's wrong with this guy?" And he just goes, "Hemorrhoids." You know, it's like right, exactly, yeah. It's like that's not that doesn't that joke doesn't even make sense. Why would what nope. like? And it's not it's it's not a non sequitur type humor where you're like oh that's so funny because of how random it is it's just he was like the writer was just like I need a punchline I'll put hemorrhoids that'll be funny yeah I'm so he should have just made a racist joke it would right. make more sense <laughs> um so and I I, I don't know I, the I think that the I found it watchable. I found yeah. it also to be unbelievably sort of ridiculous and all over the place and like not a very good movie. It's it's at zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is understandable because I don't think anyone could go out of this saying like this is a pretty good movie. Um, I would I would say it's better than the zero, but I don't know if I would go upwards of ten. But I would say it's better than the zero. There's a lots of movies that are at zero that are way worse than the zero. Yeah, I, I don't think this is the worst one that we've seen or anything, but it's um. It's really just inconsistent. It's just sort of all over the place. I would have preferred a comedy angle on it, but mm-hmm. it, like mm-hmm. 
the racist angle is funny because it's it's not intentionally racist. It's clearly w- written by a white guy, which I think is maybe the problem. Yes. But it's a um like the the scene with the hip hop bowling alley. The the camera pans you get an establishing shot of this bowling alley and you're like, Oh, this will be interesting. Bob Hoskins has to go in to get some money because Denzel being black left his two hundred grand in the bowling alley. And um Bob Hoskins goes in. We get an establishing shot inside, which is like a tracking camera where the camera opens and there's music in the background and there's a group of pe- black people sitting at the bar and they are freestyle rapping a conversation to each mm-hmm. other. It mm-hmm. pans over some more. There's a guy dressed in traditional African garb. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps panning and then you run into the, the rest of what's going on. But it's like a, it, it's, the stereotyping is, for how much anti-racism it's trying to get across, the stereotyping is sort of incredible. Like the amount of just like, bland stereotypical stuff you're going to stick in here it is 1990 so it's not like we're really a it's not the woke generation or whatever you want to call it but it's a um it's racism by not really understanding your material i guess right. it would it would have been a little bit it probably wouldn't have been as bad as if they had gone outside and like walked past a bunch of italian guys singing yeah. doo-wop around a uh, <laughs> flaming trash can yeah um but yeah, it's it's one of those movies where it's like it's trying to say <clears throat> it's trying to point out racist things, but in and of itself is doing stuff that is, could be construed as racist. And right. At, le- at, at least ignorant, if not ignorant, racist. I think is the, yeah, um, is the best way. But but yeah, like where, where there's a scene like that, there's also a scene which I legitimately liked um, after the opening, I guess, action sequence uh, where. Hoskins we're supposed to opens, believe that Hoskins can keep up with Denzel Washington in a street race. Is that the yeah? American and scene? opens fire on his car <laughs> in the middle of a crowded uh, L.A. You know, whatever. We'll talk about the plot. Um, That's the at that moment when that happened. I thought I had missed what their relationship was. You know yes, what I mean? Like, I, think, I, I think that's a that's something that I wanted to, to bring up actually in a minute. Um, but what I was going to say was after that opening sequence where uh, you know he fires on this car unprovoked. Um, calls Denzel Washington the N-word and punches him in the dick. Uh, <laughs> in front of 50 people. Yeah. They cut They cut to the scene where his chief is chewing him out. Yeah. And his chief is just laughing hysterically about the fact that he called him the N-word. His yeah. chief is also black. Yeah. Uh, and then goes into an, a, a very specific um, explanation to Bob Hoskins about how ridiculous that is and how he can't use that word. And like... The, but he can. The, the police chief right, can use it. Right. Yeah. The level to which he was tickled by Bob Hoskins' actions, I, I found, I thought it was really funny. I thought it was a good scene. Like this, I think the I think the police chief is my favorite character because there's he a was late, good. Yeah. There's a later good joke. I don't even know. It's not even a good joke, but it made me laugh. Where he's he's chewing out Hoskins, and then he stands up and he's wearing full golf outfit. He's like, I gotta yes. get to my <laughs> gotta get to my tea time. It's like it doesn't make any sense, but I thought it was uh, very funny. The way it was shot was good. Yeah, so I liked I liked that they, it's it's. I guess it goes to the tone problem because you've got this fairly serious opening sequence uh, juxtaposed against the scene where this chief clearly thinks Bob Hoskins is a fucking joke. Yeah. You know, like he's a he's a racist piece of shit and he's just like doesn't have time for this guy. The fact that he kept his job is amazing and only was suspended, but the glee with which he suspended him was was amusing. 
Um, it's the LAPD in the early 90s, I guess. Maybe this is the most realistic movie of, uh, yeah, of all time. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that scene, when you've got a scene like that, which is which is clearly aware of the stuff that its racist character is doing, and then later on you have a scene like that bowling alley scene, which you could argue is not exactly the most... Uh, um, uh, Sensitive. Yeah, sensitive portrayal of an of an African American community of people hanging out with each other. Um, it's it's interesting to see that stuff butt up against each other, and I think it's it it's I much like everything else in this movie. It's 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 an un it's a half baked idea, and the half baked idea then ends up looking worse than it actually is. Yes, um, like that scene with that scene in the bowling alley theoretically could have been a lot more interesting if they had leaned into the fact that he is a racist piece of shit. Yep. And, but by that point, it's like just spending a day with Denzel Washington has turned him into a apparently less racist piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they don't really, there's no really like push and pull there in that scene where there could have been. Right. Um, I mean, it could have but, been the, it reminded me a little bit, I, I feel like it, it's not quite perfect, but it's like the training day scene where Ethan Hawke gets left with the gang members as Denzel leaves because the, he's setting them up to get killed by them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's that kind of like the, the out of his element white cop in a situation that could have been bad for him because he is a racist and they seem to know who he is and everything like that. So it's like a, it could have had a little bit of tension there, but instead it ends with Bob Hoskins elbowing the guy in the dick at so many scenes. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. then he runs out and uh, gets well, assaulted in Well, he's, he's forced. He wasn't going to elbow the guy in the dick. No, but Denzel, Denzel forced him. makes yeah. him do it, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, to, to speak to what you are saying uh, a few minutes ago about um, not understanding their relationship, I felt the same way. Like, I, that whole opening sequence, I felt like there was a lot of stuff going on it felt like I had come in in like the middle of the movie. Yeah. Um, because I didn't understand that the woman uh, in the uh, opening sequence taking the pictures had any connection to Bob Hoskins whatsoever. Mm -hmm. right. um, I And I didn't understand why they tailed, uh, tore off from tailing that, that cop who was picking up the hooker for the sting operation in order to follow the, follow this Mercedes that happened to have Denzel Washington and this woman in it. And Bob Hoskins is clearly pissed off at both of them. I didn't understand that at all. Yep. Um, at least at the beginning anyway. Um, and through the rest of the movie, I felt like the relationship between Bob Hoskins and his girlfriend was like, I don't even want to say surface level because I don't even know what their relationship was. Right. Um, I guess they had been living together at some point and then she left. But like, I, I thought at first I thought it was his wife, but I guess that wasn't the case. And like the, the, Bob Hoskins was selling me on that relationship only because he's so good of an actor. Right. So when you had those scenes where they're going out to dinner and stuff like that, or, or they're talking on the beach or whatever, I'm buying it only because he is going, he's going for the, he's swinging for the fence in those emotional scenes, but I had no concept of what their relationship was, why it had fallen apart, what terms they were on really. I didn't even uh, know if they Denzel knew each Washington, other. Yeah. How and Denzel Washington came into it at all. Like it, they didn't set that stuff up well at all. No, it, it's, it's kind of revealed throughout the movie, all the relationship angles, but it's like. 
they're not important enough to be not exposed at the front of the story so that people know what's going on. Um, I, I entered the, the, when they initially meet each other, I thought there was a potential that he didn't actually even know who Denzel was. He just saw him yeah. hit, hit the girl yeah. and he would chase after him or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I guess he, he knows him because Denzel is a, a lawyer who is kind of schizophrenic as a character, like him slapping the woman at the start doesn't really jive with what he eventually becomes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's the death supposed to have changed him or something. He's supposed to have calmed down, but he's, he, did, he never comes across as a particularly vile, sleazy guy. He's just kind of a lawyer. Um, who I had, thought he was a pimp at first. Yes, that's what, that's what I thought too. Yeah, yeah. Especially because of the way that they said it. Well, so I, I couldn't figure out if him slapping her was intentional or if it was like she pulled his arm and it happened. Oh, you know, I one see. Of those things. And yep. Bob Hoskins read it as him slapping her. Um, but yeah, I thought at first that he was their pimp. And then later on in that scene, He's like dumping drugs out of a window and stuff. And I was like, what? So is he a drug dealer? <laughs> right. Like, I, I, I didn't realize he was a lawyer until well into that sequence. So his story is that he claims to be a lawyer for the girls, but he's a lawyer for the main villain, right? Like he's somehow yeah. connected to that and being a lawyer for that guy who I don't understand the main villain, what he's talking about at all. Why is he drugging them? I have no idea. No idea. Just to control, just, I guess. Just to control them. But what's his what's his motivation to continue being bad? Like, are, he I don't know. I have no idea. I he, don't know how he plays into anything. He doesn't. Like, wouldn't the other cops just arrest him normally? There's no need for this sort of violent last stand. I don't think, unless you're in Bob Hoskins' mind. But I feel like this the the amount of um the leap they take from there to. You know, the guy just being kind of a boring, bland villain who is maybe sort of like more of a relationship hindrance than anything else to a guy who must be murdered by Bob Hoskins is a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't understand the central conceit of, like I said before, why the death of this congressman or senator or whatever had anything to do with this guy. Uh, you know, other than maybe he was the one who supplied the drugs, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't even know if they say that. But that is the only thing that would make sense. But, like, there was no outward controversy. There was nothing pushing from the outside for them to figure out that this guy died under foul play or, you know, from an overdose. It just, I, it just the, the, the mystery at the center of it is not, the mystery and the cover-up are just not connected at all. Right. And if they are, it's very tenuous and it's not really interesting, frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, it's a you know the plot just kind of meanders along. Bob Hoskins and Denzel get into arguments. They 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 fight their end. I will say that the um, the coolest scene within within the uh, the movie is the ghost scout at the very yeah, end. That was cool. Which yeah. is a that whole. I, oh, go ahead. Well, it's an idea I've never really seen before, but actually works quite well and makes it um can kind of be seen as like a way to uh like the the sort of supernatural aspect. I'm surprised they've never done that or I've never seen that yeah. idea before where like a hidden sort of person is guiding the person with a gun who actually is dispatching people. Yeah, I want to see that movie. Right. Exactly. Where, where it's they're they're actually an effective team. Uh yeah, that whole I actually thought that whole final sequence was pretty good. Um that I thought that that shootout and stuff was pretty good. It was I mean it was a little bit stock, but I thought it was uh 
you know, it had, it had some of that grittiness to it that was good. Again, it, it did, didn't fit the tone of anything um, else going on in the movie, but it was, I thought, I thought that, that end sequence was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, and then he is, we're led to believe he's shot and killed at the very end. Turns out, no, he is just in pictures now with Denzel, holding Denzel. He's sort of, a, a, he's sort of come to the conclusion he might as well just act as if Denzel is a real person and leave everyone else alone. And it, uh, finishes with a favorite thing of mine when some character in the movie says the title of the movie, which is yes. always a quality thing to do. Um, have you ever seen, um, did you ever watch Upright Citizen Brigade, Upright Citizens Brigade, the show on Comedy Central? Yes. Yep. Did you ever see the sketch, the sketch that, God damn it, what's happening in my mouth? The, have you ever seen the sketch that they did where it's a guy in a uh, video store and one of the one of the guys who works at the video store is claiming to have been in a lot of these famous movies, and he had the titular line in them. Oh, really? It's like, what about this one? Out of Africa? And he's like, yeah, I was in Out of Africa. I had the titular line. It's like, what? And he's like, yeah, I'm the one who, when they're trying to get out, where they're stuck in traffic, leans over and says, "Man, are we ever going to get out of Africa?" <laughs> and like, that's the whole, and it's it's pretty good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I always think that's. Sometimes it works all right, but a lot of times it's it's pretty hammy. Yes, yeah. It, it depends on how the actor actually just nails the line and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I didn't. The, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no. I, if you have something to bring up, I don't have too much else to really bring up. It's really those are the the key points that I thought we've uh, gone through. Well, I w- I was just gonna say, like, I I feel like it's clear that I actually didn't look up any trivia about this. I don't know if there is any about this movie. Um, but it feels like a movie that was greatly uh, pieced together in, in the editing process. Because, like, there's that scene that I mentioned when uh, when they're doing the heart transplant. They've got the two people off screen basically tying up the loose ends to figure out how that works together. And then <clears throat> the other one that I didn't realize, I, I, felt, I thought it was weird at the time, but I didn't realize why they did this until later on when the baby shows up. Um, when he's in the hospital... After the transplant, there's another, I think, another disembodied voice mentioning how he's been there for 10 months. Yes. And I was like, 10 months? That's a long fucking time to be in the hospital, especially since the way that they play it is like that he just woke up from his surgery. Yep. Um, And then later on in the movie, you find out that his girlfriend had a baby (laughs) that she was pregnant with before the (laughs) events of the beginning of the movie. And has since given birth to the baby who is about nine months old. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, or maybe a little bit older than that. And is perfectly normal looking. So enough time needed to have gone by that uh, Bob Hoskins would be out of the picture and not in contact with this woman through her entire pregnancy. Right. And yeah, and raising the child for a, uh, which is uh, mother of the uh, year award where he there she's walking along the beach and Bob Hoskins accosts her and they talk for like 15 minutes. She goes mm-hmm. back and apparently has just left the baby in a basket on the beach. <laughs> that was that was one of the best baby reveals I've ever seen where she just like reaches into her beach bag and pulls out this <laughs> child. <laughs> it's a little bit silly. Um and like and like there was no like that's that's something that I, <sighs> Why didn't they play play into that with the other interactions with her? Like, oh shit, I gotta go. Well, why do you have to go? It's early. Well, I guess you know. Like, why isn't she? Why isn't the baby playing into the way that she's acting with Bob Hoskins, only to then reveal that she has a kid? Yeah, yeah. Instead of just playing it, you know, 
I guess normal, I guess for lack of a better word. And then, oh, wait, late movie plot twist. She has a baby. Scattershot. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think we're going to have to cut this one short. Not particularly short, but I didn't have uh, I don't have much else to say. Did you have anything else you wanted to say before we have to wrap it up? Uh, I would like to say that I didn't like the, the amount of research that went into it because they at one point they talk about playing Mike Tyson's punch out. Denzel Washington says, I will play Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's punch out was a single player game. That's, <laughs> that's true. And Mike Tyson now is the I final know, boss. Now I know why this movie got a zero. <laughs> Historically inaccurate. The racism dead on, but the uh, NES gameplay mechanics, not so much. Well, thank you guys for uh, for listening. This is Real Ripe and Real Rotten. This oh, is the one worst more of thing Denzel. Before we go. Sure. Sorry, one more thing. Do you think that there should have been more race stuff? I feel like that's... I feel like that's where the, the, they ended up getting caught. Because I could feel like, especially maybe at the time, that if they had leaned more into the race stuff, that it might have felt too preachy. Yeah. Maybe. But not leaning into it enough kind of just made it feel scattershot and weird. Yes. I feel it was not tied into the overall plot enough for it to be there. So it feels like yeah. it's just a useless character tick between the two of them. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting to see this movie, the same concept, if uh, if they had leaned into it more. Yeah, I mean, you could have um, just think... gotten, you could have gotten away with it just by hating, uh, being a cop who hates the lawyers. You know, it's the right. same, yeah. it's the same yeah. level of characterization and depth of problem that they have there. Or shit. I mean, even if you, if you established at the beginning that this guy was banging his wife, right. this rich guy, this, or girlfriend. This rich lawyer who seems like he's kind of a sleaze bag or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like that's fairly universally relatable. If you were to get a heart transplant from your ex girlfriend's <laughs> new boyfriend, <laughs> right? And then yeah. and then her then her new boyfriend shows up as a ghost and is constantly following you around. Yes, I think I don't know. I th- I feel like that would work. That's more that's more relatable than the racist silly angle. Kind of, you know, if it was like if there was personal stakes there where we got to know about the relationship between the two and Hoskins knew and everything like that. And he didn't like to be followed around by the ex-boyfriend or the uh, current boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. That yeah. Makes, that makes more sense. I, I, you know, relatable is a weird term because I sure. mean, obviously they were going for something that was is 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 a is a problem and does exist. But uh, it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like uh, maybe this wasn't the best vehicle to tackle the race, the, the systematic racial oppression of, of, of the, of the white members of the LA police force. Yes, I'd agree with that. All right. We'll call it a day there. This is real ripe and real run. We're done with the worst of Denzel. It's called heart condition. We'll be back with the B roll movie, which will be man on fire. I think. Yes. In a little bit of time. So, and then he's about to paint his picture and it's going to be a masterpiece. Yes, absolutely. It's Dakota, Dakota Fanning on that one, right? Yeah. Yes. All right. Christopher Walken has the best line ever. I think I, if I was him, I would have signed on to that movie just to deliver that one. <laughs> well, thank you for supporting the show, guys. If you want to rate and review us on iTunes, it's much appreciated. You can go to patreon.com slash the Penske file if you want to support the show there. Uh, but that's about it. It's heart condition and then fences were the best. So we'll be moving on to the B-roll, which will be man on fire in a little bit of time. Until then, we'll see you next time. <laughs>